TLM 29 at Peachtree Hoops Podcast, where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. And right now, in terms of the NBA in Atlanta, the big issue was Trey Young's sprained ankle. He missed a game and a half against the Miami Heat. And the Hawks got very lucky, number one, because the injury wasn't terribly severe. And number two, because they had four consecutive off days, the last of which is today, Monday. I'm recording on a Monday night. The Hawks got very, very lucky, and Trey says that he is ready to return to action. He met with the media after practicing today. The Hawks had a long practice. Uh, Lloyd Pierce described it as not being terribly physical in terms of contact, but it was a long practice. And Trey Young participated, and after taking part in that scrimmage, he met with the media and answered a number of questions on issues, including how he feels right now at the moment and what he did in terms of rehab and recovery since he injured his ankle a week ago. Yeah, I did everything. We had a, a good hard practice, a lot of contact, and uh, a lot of like, getting ready for, for uh, this long stretch I'm about to have. So, yeah, I was able to do everything. How's the ankle feeling? Feels great. Feels great. I've been probably, this is probably the hardest I've worked as far as like small, small time period and needing to listen to, to do everything I could to be able to get back. Um, if anybody who knows me knows I hate missing games, I hate not being able to play. So I was trying to do everything I could to be able to get back. Was it a pretty big relief going from Tuesday to Wednesday? Like, did you wake up feeling better? Maybe it wasn't as serious as, as everyone initially thought. Oh no, it, it, it hurt. It hurt. It hurt pretty bad. I uh, I actually got back to the, the back of the the room in Miami, and um, I said, I, if I just keep going, I'll, I'll be all right. So they did some they did some tests on me. Uh, wrapped wrapped some uh, we, we wrapped my foot, and uh, I stood up and I tried to do a, a calf raise on my foot and I almost fell over. I, I couldn't move. Like there's no way I, I could have returned and um so from that night night to this morning till tomorrow, um, I'm doing everything I can, whether it's getting ice, whether it's um, working it out, whatever I'm doing, I, whatever I do, I need to do to get back. What are the biggest things they had like what's the secret to coming back from an ankle sprain so fast? <laughs> what did they have you do? The secret is Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> the secret is Chelsea. Everybody knows her background in, in helping guys get back um, from injuries, and she knows what she's doing. So I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm with the best and the best person to, to help me get back. How much of a difference do you feel like it made having four days? Uh, I think I think it definitely um, for me. You don't want to have any injury, but with the, the timing of the injury and the and how severe it was, uh, it was great that I was able to have some time off. Uh, we I only missed one game. Um, so it was good that it happened at that time. It's never good to have an injury, but if you do have one, um, it's good to have it this time. Have you talked at all about how you navigate a back-to-back or three games in four nights? Yeah, I mean, I, we talked a little bit about it. Um, and, uh, I mean, we'll talk more about it uh, probably heading into tomorrow, but um, not nothing set in stone yet. Is there a big sense of relief at all that you only have to miss, you know, the, for somebody who hates missing games? Like, yeah. how happy are you, you know? No, I'm, I'm very grateful, very blessed. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm blessed to have someone like Chelsea and our whole our whole medical staff and team to, to help me get back and tell me everything I needed to do to get back. So uh, it was great to have them. I feel blessed, and uh, I'm excited to be able to play. I, like I said, I, I hate missing games.
the process of getting back? Did they mostly have you like stay off of it, like ice crutches? Like what was kind of that process? Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was on crutches. I was icing every day, uh, staying off it as much as I could, um, and then just just doing some little movements uh, to keep keep uh, my ankle um, strong. And um, yeah, so I was doing a little bit of everything. I was a lot of. A lot of it was being in the ice bucket, uh, which is super cold, um, but it was good though. Did they check you out, like did Chelsea check you out this morning and what did she tell you as far as if it's all systems go? Yeah, no, she checked me out this morning and uh, she, uh, I mean, she's just super excited. She thinks, I mean, if you ask her, she thinks I have like uh, Wolverine blood in my, in my <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't realize and she doesn't understand how hard, I mean, how I held up so fast and the way it looked. You just saw in the back uh, when it first happened to, to now, it's kind of kind of crazy, but I was giving her props too because she deserves it all. That's probably a little bit more audio than is needed from one player to talk about one sprained ankle, but at the same time, you know, two things, I guess. One is the Hawks are a mess without Trey Young, so his status for tomorrow's game and for every game going forward is very, very vital. Uh, not only is the the best offensive player on the Hawks by a good bit and the person who runs a show, uh, he also doesn't really have a backup, especially with Evan Turner being hurt. But even if Evan Turner's around, there really isn't anybody who can you know be Trey Young light at all on the roster. So his presence is absolutely vital. And you know the second reason to kind of run with a little bit of extended audio there is it's interesting to hear Trey talk about Chelsea Lane. Uh, obviously, the players, uh, Lloyd Pierce, they're all quite fond of her, and they think that she's very good at her job. I'm sure Travis Schlenk feels the same way. And to be kind of blunt without necessarily overstating it, I think she's missed a little bit in Golden State at the moment. If you look at the number of injuries that they have, and obviously the number one confounding factor, I think, is the fact that they've played over 100 games for however many seasons in a row. That just gets to be a drag after a long time and as those players you know top 30 years of age that's that's an unsustainable workload in a lot of ways uh, but at the same time you know when she was there she was keeping folks healthy and the players there said the same things about her that the Hawks are saying about her now so obviously she has a sterling reputation around the league switching gears but not entirely uh, let's talk about some other injuries on the Hawks injury front. Uh, Pierce noted that the four-day respite was a boon to a number of players. Uh, he talked about it being good for the rookies. He talked about it being good for Kevin Herter as he tries to come back from you know, the knee stuff that kept him out of the entire preseason. Herter, by the way, did not look good in that last Heat game. You know, something that I've noted for his entire career, I think, is that when he's defending, he is very conscious of what his help assignments are. To a fault, he'll lose track of the player that he's supposed to be guarding because he really wants to be an excellent help defender and he's conscious of the rotations and the other responsibilities that he has. Uh, in that Heat game, he did sort of the same thing, but as Pierce noted, he wasn't particularly healthy in that last heat game. He doesn't think that he was as strong or as well conditioned as he needs to be. And obviously missing the preseason will do that. Uh, but he was not reacting 
quickly enough. And, and this is sort of a mishmash of, you know, my opinion and what Pierce was saying. Uh, I want to say Saturday, he brought it up. He wasn't reacting quickly enough to make that adjustment. You know, when he would look away to see, you know, where he might be helping or what that next rotation would might, might be, when the ball was swung to his defensive assignment, he wasn't getting back in the picture quickly enough. Uh, you know, that second Miami Heat game was a brutal game. It was really the first time in all of the preseason and regular season that DeAndre Hunter has looked like a rookie. Uh, but Herter had a rough game in that one. And today, Pierce said, you know, among the other injury stuff, that he thinks the four days off was very good for Kevin Herter. I also asked about Evan Turner, Alan Crabb, and Chandler Parsons. Even before speaking with Coach Pierce, Crabb and Parsons were involved in a three-on-three game with the coaches. And they did so for, you know, a pretty long amount of time. Uh, this is probably one of the longest times we've waited for Coach Pierce for his media availability. I think he had a lot to do today after the off day and getting ready for three games and four nights. But, you know, while we were waiting for that long stretch of time, we got to see quite a bit of Crabb and Parsons playing three-on-three. Crab, you know, might not be that far away. Parsons, I think, is going to be a much longer issue. While he was playing today, he didn't look particularly fluid or mobile. And maybe he has some kind of great recovery. But, you know, just based on what he looked like today, you know, he looked like somebody who wasn't particularly close to being uh, active for an NBA game anytime soon. Pierce was much more hopeful about Crab, who you know, on the flip side, does look like he could get to full health sometime soon. How did the four days off treat Evan, Allen, and Chandler? Evan still, you know, he still didn't get out there with us today. He, he's doing a lot. He did a lot of conditioning on the court. He did his vitamin, his pre, pre-practice work, but he didn't practice with us. Um, you know, he's just reporting just general soreness. Um, he, he wants it to feel great before he goes back out there and, and understandably so with the Achilles, but he, he hasn't done anything with us. Chandler and Allen both practice with us up until non-contact, and then they play three-on-three three after practice. Um, the plan right now is to have Allen play five-on-five on five with the coaching staff tomorrow and see how he feels after three-on-three, three, progress him to a little five-on-five five with coaches before we actually progress him to our guys, just kind of slowly acclimate them back into contact and bodies and movement. So there you go. You know, you have to believe at this point that the Hawks are going to be very, very cautious with Evan Turner, given that it's Achilles pain. I mean, you, I think on the last podcast I had Pierce, you know, talking about how and why they were going to be particularly careful with that type of injury. And to be frank, you know, the Hawks need a backup point guard. They have a number of secondary playmakers in folks like Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter. They've picked up Ty Wallace. They have Brandon Goodwin on a two-way deal. But at the same time, you know, they don't have somebody like Jeremy Lin, who is the backup point guard, and somebody who could just spot Trey Young. You've got a starter in Trey Young who's coming back from injury, the backup, or the person who was supposed to be the backup from the beginning of the season, Evan Turner, is not there. Uh, the Hawks could really use an extra point guard at this point. One last note before we leave the injury bit here. Uh, I asked Coach Pierce 
if they had any special plans, given that as Trey comes back from injury, he's also coming back to a stretch of games where the Hawks play three times in four nights and, you know, typical to, you know, what the response might be. And shrewdly, I would add, uh, you know, basically the response was, you know, this is the first time that Trey has practiced. And given that it's the first time that he's practiced, they really don't know how to go forward until they see how his body responds and how he's feeling tomorrow. So I would imagine that before the game tomorrow in Coach Pierce's pregame media availability, you know, we might have a better idea of minutes, how many games does he play out of the next three, and that sort of thing. And another thing that's going to be very interesting to hear in Coach Pierce's media availability, because I'm a dummy and I forgot to ask, was who the starters are going to be. Because if Herter is feeling better, even coming off one of his worst games, you know, it might be time for Kevin Herter to start again. The Hawks started a Herter reddish backcourt with Trey Young out. That got Kevin Herter back in the starting lineup. And when Trey Young returns, you know, ostensibly he's going to take one of those two spots. He's going to start instead of Herter, or he's going to start instead of Reddish. And this might be a gentle way of nudging Reddish back to the bench. Uh, it's not necessarily a demotion, but just kind of shuffling guys in and out of the lineup based on health. Kevin Herter was a starter last year. He started the most recent game. Troy Young comes back. He's definitely starting. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'd never say never, but I would think Trey Young is going to start. And so if he does, you know, whose spot does he take? This might be the, this might, I don't want to call it an excuse, but this might be a way to, you know, give Cam Reddish some minutes off the bench, maybe play him against some bench lineups where things are a little bit easier for him. Because at the moment, even if he's defending well, his shot's off, and he could probably stand to face some defenses that weren't as intense as the ones that he's getting as a starter. Speaking of Reddish, uh, let me dig up a little bit of audio that goes back, oh, I want to say about a week and a half at this point. But I, was, I think it's an interesting question, and I think it's kind of an interesting answer as well from Coach Pierce. And it's hard to phrase the question. So I apologize to Coach Pierce. I apologize to the listeners. But basically the gist of it is this. You have two rookies, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. They both kind of play the same position. I know the Hawks have said Reddish is a one through three. Hunter is a two through four. But basically they're, they're both wings. They're both young. They both entered the NBA at the same time. They were both picked near the top of the same draft. They have a lot of similarities, and at the same time, they have some differences. DeAndre Hunter is older, he's stronger, he's wiser, he's played more basketball. And perhaps most importantly, he was healthy all summer, whereas Cam Reddish was gradually rehabbing from surgery. So, you know, given all the similarities, but also a couple of the differences, you know, I kind of wonder a little bit about how they look at each other. You know, how does Hunter look at Reddish? How does Reddish look at Hunter? Are they going to push each other in a healthy, competitive way? You know, there are the stories from way back when about, and, you know, this is fantastical here. I'm not, 
I'm not assuming that anybody's winning six championships, but you know there were the stories from back in the day where MJ and Scottie Pippen would push each other. You know there there was a competitive fire. The practices were more intense than the games. There was a rivalry, but a healthy maybe healthy isn't the right word, but healthy in terms of the on-court product at least. And I'm wondering, you know, how competitive should it be between Hunter and Reddish when they look at each other? and strive to be better, you know, should they use each other as measuring sticks or, you know, just given those few differences between them and maybe some differences in the personalities, maybe that's not such a healthy thing. Anyways, I didn't get that much time in phrasing my question to Coach Pierce, but I tried and here's what his answer was. When you have two guys like DeAndre and Cam, DeAndre Hunter, What's the right balance between, you know, these two guys who are, you know, both 6'8", they're both in the same draft class, they're both from the top of the draft. What's the right balance between they sort of push each other to greatness versus you have to be careful against them using each other as measuring sticks? Well, I mean, I don't know if there's a measuring stick that we're going off of. I think uh, both guys have to self-assess where they are, they have to take their own path uh, in terms of playing and how they're going to fit in at this level. I think if they're measuring themselves against each other, we've got a bad start. It's really about our team, how they can impact the game for our team. Uh, They shouldn't be competing against each other. I think, you know, we went through this in Philly a couple years ago. I always reference Philly. Joel was clearly rookie of the year, his rookie year, but when you only play 31 games, and that's how dominant his 31 games were, you're not going to get the award, and so Dario played 82 games, or 81 games, I think it was, we shut him down the last game, and he had a fair shot at winning it, but, you know, it's just glad we have two really good rookies, we know which one should have won the award, but neither of them got it, Malcolm Brogdon ends up getting it, because he wasn't with another rookie on his team. He, he made a huge impact on his roster and with his team and was rewarded for it, and, and that's fine. I, I, I think we were encouraged that we had two young guys that were pretty good, and they weren't competing against each other. They were both having great years, and it's the same thing. You know, Kevin had a good year last year, and I was happy he was able to make the all-rookie team, um, even though Trey was getting all the attention. It's not like Trey and Kevin were competing. We, we had two guys that we were trying to help grow and develop, they were both getting game experience. They were both starters, and it worked out for both of them. And our, our individual success will always be measured by our team success. And finally, I need to write a story about Jabari Parker very soon. Of all my lukewarm preseason predictions that we did with Brad Rowland, the one that I was the most interested in, the most excited about, was I just, I had this, antsy feeling that Jabari Parker was going to click here and it's only been five games but the results to this point are very exciting very encouraging he looks like a wonderful offensive player his shot selection if you saw the shot chart I tweeted today is near perfect and anyway I need to get this all down on paper sometimes soon in a written story but you know, in, in watching Jabari and being around the locker room a little bit, you get the sense that he's very mature. I know there's a lot of wonderment 
about how is it possible that Jabari Parker is just 24 because it seems like he's been in the NBA forever. Uh, he comes to Atlanta, I want to say, with five NBA seasons of experience, and he's just 24. So that's pretty amazing. But I think people are surprised at the 24, not just because he's been around a while, but because he has kind of an older personality. And that's something that uh, I asked Coach Pierce about this week. Is Jabari a little bit of an old soul? Very kind of talks like a 35-year-old and wears sweatpants <laughs> in practice. Is, he is extremely. He, he said he has a brother that's my age. You know, Jabari listens to everything I listen to music-wise. And, you know, I, I know in the morning, you know, iPad is going. I know who's who's controlling it. I always know when Jabari is controlling it. I mean, you, you may hear Marvin Gaye. You may hear Biggie. You may hear Outkast. Big Daddy came the other day. I know when Jabari's got the iPad and, and you can feel his, his energy. Um, I hear he's got an old school classic of cars, a, a collection of classic cars. Um, and he carries himself that way. We did Jeopardy in, uh, in Miami. We did our, our team Jeopardy. And, you know, he's just got a different form of wit. You know, he, he went up, he had to demonstrate on the board to play, but he didn't use the words. He just drew it and confirmed with his hands and drew it. Like, he just, he's got a funny vibe about him that, that's cool. He's just a quiet, reserved, you know, unique soul. But I dig it. I like it. All right, there you go. Lots of news on the injury front and a little bit extra. Uh, if you would, please, subscribe, rate, review. I do go and check every once in a while to see if anybody's rated or reviewed. Seems like it's been a while, but maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. But if you would do that, it would be greatly appreciated. And we hope you come back and listen again with us sometime very soon. Thanks again.